Have you ever been asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Gwen gets to work. I like talking to people and they like talking back to me. Well, that's what I think. One day I asked my mum, what, how do I know what I want to be when I grow up? My mum said, if I interview people about like their jobs and things like that, well, I will find out and like the people, all the people who who are listening, um, you will find out too if you don't know. Let's get to work. People don't sing about days that didn't happen, and people don't cry. For tears that weren't shed Time doesn't stop When you close your eyes And our big old clock Will keep on ticking till it dies Can you hear the hum of the hummingbird? Can you smell the breeze carrying me? Hello, this is Gwen's mum. I wanted to introduce this episode in which Gwen talks to a very special person and an old friend of mine, Elaine. In 2015, Elaine started working with refugees. That's people who've been forced to flee their own countries, who were stranded in France. A lot of the people she met there were quite young, and so she and her organisation decided to focus on helping children and young people. In 2017, they officially became a charity. They campaign and also work directly with young refugees. The charity is called The Hummingbird Project, inspired by the fable of the hummingbird whose forest was on fire. The little bird kept filling its beak with water and putting it on the fire. When the other animals asked, What are you doing? It replied, I'm doing all I can. You can find out more about the project and support the charity at hummingbirdproject.org.uk. We'll put a link to it and the fable in the episode notes. Okay, over to Gwen and Elaine. so much like your mum it's unbelievable I've seen it's such lovely pictures of you on Instagram <laughs> really really nice to meet you and what kind of subjects do you like at school um maths maths oh fantastic that's great and any other any other classes that you like um my computing classes ah great well that's really interesting what did you like at school um I liked art and I liked drama and 
let me think. I, I liked history, even though I wasn't in a very high set for history because I never <laughs> turned up very often. <laughs> I shouldn't really say that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy history. When you were a little girl, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? Um, I didn't. No, uh, it took a lot of figuring out until I felt like I was going to have to know what I wanted to do. I liked helping people. I knew I liked being creative. Um, and I was told when I was leaving school to combine those skills and maybe look into something like art therapy, uh, which I didn't do. But I, I have worked alongside uh, art therapists in my career. Mm. What were you doing when you were 21? When I was 21 It was a very good year It was a very good year for city girls When I was 21 is when I met your mum um, I think it was around about the age of 21, so I moved to Manchester um, from a place called Todmorden in Yorkshire, and I started to work for an organisation where your mum worked, which was the NSPCC Child Protection Helpline, um, and your mum helped to train me up, and we became friends after that. Mm. What is your job now? Um, so my job is uh, I'm the, the founder and director of a, a refugee organisation. Uh, we work with young people up to the age of 26. Um, the youngest that we're working with at the moment is 12. Um, and I, yeah, I run that. Um, so we have uh, about 10 of us now in the team, nine or 10, I think, uh, which is really exciting. So that it's fairly new. It's only been going since about 2015. What is a refugee? Ready or not, refugee taking over. The Buffalo Soldier. That's a really, really good question, Gwen. And it's something that a lot of people don't know the answer to. Um, and that's because um, often um, people watch the news and hear the word migrant said quite a lot. So some people get migrants and refugees completely mixed up so firstly a migrant is somebody who moves to somewhere out of choice and um, so if we decided to go live in Germany or Italy or somewhere else and um, that would be our choice uh, a refugee is somebody who has had to move out of their country uh, or been displaced within their country because of something that's really scary, uh, something that risks their life. It's a life or death situation. And because of that, they've had to move. Um, so that is usually war, persecution and oppression uh, and just like internal conflict within countries. Mm -hmm. How did you end up doing this job? Where do you begin? So I guess I became the director of a charity by accident. Um, so <laughs> I didn't really set out to be a leader. No! I wanted to be a Madonna backup dancer with black clothes and hair down to here and five watches. If you remember the 80s, <laughs> you remember me. Um, you know, in leadership, I didn't climb a ladder 
of you know trying to train to to go into a leadership role it all happened by accident so I began in 2015 after an, an art project I set up um, which led me to end up volunteering in in Calais where there was then about two or three thousand refugees uh, who were being forcibly placed in an area of France uh, which was um, not very nice and um, so I arrived there with some of my friends and colleagues and realized that people were being treated really awfully and I thought if more people knew about what was going on in France they would be shouting more about it and they would realize that more people have to uh, witness it to be able to change it and um, so it all happened by just leading a group over to France volunteering on the ground every week or every other week um, and then eventually we got a lot of attention and um, so there was a little boy who unfortunately um, died on his journey to the UK and the newspapers had put it on the front pages and after that moment there was a lot of people who realised what was going on um, in refugee camps around Europe and then thousands of people went to help. Uh, I was one of them and um, that changed everything um, so I began to to lead on some services that were developed in the jungle in the refugee camp in Calais uh, and it all kind of began from there really and has kind of snowballed mm. where we are now. Yeah is it hard sometimes? Yes it, it is a it's a very rewarding and you know it's a very beautiful thing to be working in a job that you believe in and you feel like you wouldn't do anything else I think it is hard you do hear a lot of sad stories and upsetting things but at the same time you also see a lot of beautiful things as well and um, so you might see you know the strength of human beings uh, because mm -hmm. Uh, as human beings, we are very good at surviving very difficult things, and that's why we're here now, thousands of years after, you know, going having to survive, um, it, and being able to witness the strength and resilience of human beings is a really amazing thing to witness. <laughs> it sounds like you have to be brave, strong woman. Um, I think I think courage is, is part of, of it. Um, I, I think that doesn't mean to say if you have courage, you don't experience fear. I think the developing an organisation and leading on something that um, the governments are failing to do um, is quite scary. Um, I, I can't say I've done it alone in any way, shape or form. This has been a huge effort of hundreds of people over the last uh, six years nearly um, and I guess everyone's had to have courage to do that um, but yeah um, there's, there's a lot of people involved in the Hummingbird Project or have been involved over, over the last six years. What makes a really brilliant day at work in your job? I guess my favourite days are when I get to spend them with young people um, so as a director of an organisation, sometimes that means I have to do a lot of work behind the computer, especially since lockdown. Um, so I have to make sure that there's 
money coming into the organisation so we can pay our staff, we can support young people and we can keep going for the years ahead as long as we're needed. Um, and sometimes that can be a little bit boring and sometimes <laughs> um, challenging. Um, but my favourite days at the moment is a Thursday because on Thursdays I have two meetings with our young leader group and then we have a, a, an evening session, which is um, working with um, some young people to develop their leaderships who are ref from refugee backgrounds. So my Thursdays is, is full of spending time with young people, which is my favourite thing to do. <laughs> What's your long, young leader group? Um, young leaders group is, um, it developed from when I was coming back from France. Uh, after the first year of working in, in France, I was asked to be briefing MPs and people in leadership and people in power. Um, I sat on many roundtable meetings, um, being asked to be there as an expert who'd been working in, in France, although I'd only been there 12 months. And I often looked around the room and saw that everyone around the tables or the environment that I was asked to speak in was largely white privileged people who had no experience of being a refugee and I felt really uncomfortable with that I felt like the only experts in this field is people going through it themselves and felt like I could maybe change that a little bit by inviting some of the young people mm. the experts by experience to those environments um, so I asked um, some of our young people if they'd like to come and join me and, and um, speak at Parliament and speak at these different events. And they said yes. yes! Um, mm. So my partner is the director of TEDx Brighton and he often coaches public speakers. So I asked him to get involved and just maybe give some training to the young people I was working with in public speaking and leadership. Mm. Um, so we sat down every week, we wrote speeches together with young people and uh, young people went out, uh, sometimes on their own, sometimes with us, uh, to go and give briefings to MPs, speak at demonstrations and be around um, tables uh, where decisions are being made. And that's how we began, uh, by just working with young people and making sure that where we were able to be in places of power, that young people were also by our sides and, and leading the conversations on what's happening in their lives. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have you ever been scared in your job? Um, so I, um, yes, I have been scared. Um, I, when we worked in France, I worked with a, a lot of young people um, who I was worried they would die and, and that's because they would night, on a nightly basis uh, try to get to the UK by speaking to people who were dangerous and also trying to get into the back of lorries and sometimes people did die and it was really sad and I think that scared me the most. And we had to wait for the UK to make some legal changes uh, to allow children to come through safer routes. And by safer routes, I mean a social worker meeting them in France, getting on a train to, uh, to you know, London with them and then um, organising their care from there. And it took till 2016 for that to happen. And it only happened to a few, um, you know, a few hundred 
children and at the peak when I was working in France there was 2,000 um, so I would often be up at night worrying about them and it was very mm. scary. At my school we learn that it's really important to be kind and care for others. If one of my friends wanted to help people or like animals or something else when I when they grow up, do you have any advice for what to do? Yes, I would say if, if that is what you want to do, I think find a way of doing it. I think if for whatever reason it doesn't exist, you know, say if it is something like, you know, supporting um, something which the government is neglecting to support or, you know, if it's something international, I think, you know, find a way of uh, of being involved. And there's lots of organisations who already exist. Um, our, our world is full of kindness and there is lots of organisations that are, are grown from that. Um, so usually I would say get some experience, you know, volunteer with charities, um, do your research, find out as much, you know, educate yourself on that matter. Mm. What would you like to do next? Do you mean in my job? Yeah. Um, so I guess being a director of an organisation gives me some levels of uh, power and privilege, um, and which, which comes naturally with leading an organisation. Um, and I think the next stages is making sure that I utilise the opportunities that come our way to, to make change and push for change for young people. Um, and I think that I see that alongside the young people that I work with. So I was working together to utilise opportunities that come about in order to shift for change, which will affect young refugees. I think that was amazing to hear about you. Thank you for coming to talk to me. Before you go, can you tell us about how to find about the work and how to give money? Absolutely. Thank you, Gwen. Um, so if you want to learn more about the Hummingbird Project, I would uh, go to www.hummingbirdproject.org.uk. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Hummingbird UK, and Twitter, Hummingbird Airbird BTN, which is shot for Brighton. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and I'm sure you can put my contact details on the, the, the show notes if you've got those. Um, and I'm happy for anyone to get in contact if you want to learn more about what it is to be a young refugee in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Thank you and good luck. Bye. Thank you, Gwen. Bye. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. In next week's episode, Gwen gets to talk to Britain's first female fighter pilot. We hope you'll join us then. Bye.